Hello friends, coming to you from the Tualatin River Valley in Oregon. This is Ryan, Rye Rye, Snowy, Rye Guy, Hossie, Bossy, McSassy Pants, Playboy, Hossie, Randy, California, Hoss, the man with the magnetic tape, HG, Mr. Domesticity, the Chief Sommelier, Pa Ingalls, the little sand scorpion Hossner. And this is 69 Vinyl Records. 62! It is 62 degrees outside, roughly, and it is episode 62 of this here project, 69 Vinyl Records, colon, the $150 podcast. Welcome back, friends, family, listeners, folks, here and far, or is that near and far, here and there, wherever you may be. See, we've got all kinds of uh, little in-jokes, little radio in-jokes coming at you today. Uh, Welcome aboard for yet another edition. We are racing to the finish line here. Uh, Just eight episodes left, including this one. We are right here at the end of this project. And so glad that you're along for the ride. Uh, My Rule 6 listeners, thanks for being here. Your arduous journey has nearly come to an end, uh, as has mine. (laughs) in recording this of course who knows what beautiful prizes we'll set up for our listeners of 69 vinyl record season two uh which of course coming out after i acquire another 69 vinyl records probably somewhere around 2030 we'll hope to have this guest back on for another few episodes before i introduce him what else do i need to tell you i Had a meeting this morning. I have a meeting this afternoon. That's what's happening here in in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. All right, that's everything you need to know. I want to bring my guest on. This is his now fifth appearance, and I must stress his final appearance. Uh, He (laughs) is Mr. 49er. He is Sandy Suburban. He is, of course, the inaugural president of PU's TBFC. Please welcome back to the show, my dear boy, Ty Andre. Ty, hello. <laughs> I feel like I can finally exhale. <laughs> yeah, hello. you've been holding your breath a little while. That was a long. That was a long pause I took there, and that felt good. <laughs> felt like I earned it. Hello, everyone. Wow, this is great to come back. I gotta say, really, I feel welcome back, and I feel like I've reached that number of five, and you are ready to say goodbye. i mean i think it's been a kind of interesting moment here because i i have gotten off the phone a few times in the last week or two and and gone back out to the common area and said to anna like god we're kind of getting good at this now like it's kind of i'm kind of getting a rhythm and i'm about to say goodbye it's about to go all the way well, you, you know what? We'll see about that. I, I think that you'll find a way. If there's a will, there's a way. And I think uh, whether <laughs> well. it, maybe maybe you find that underneath your house, which is a newly bought house, you haven't dug up every floorboard. Maybe there's uh, another pile of records sitting there. And Holy cow. Know, maybe there's a whole other reason to keep going. You never know. Yeah, I mean, different inspectors find different things. There was a suitcase in the attic right up until we moved in. Um so yeah, it's possible. It's possible there's something we haven't found. Maybe another crate. You never know. Yeah, I never know. I'll tell you what though. It it I am I am excited to be doing this again. And I and I I I feel you. I feel like you're in a space where you're going, oh, this is coming to an end, but I'm really getting into a groove of things here. Yeah, you so, and I especially finally have found out how to talk about music just in time for our episode today. We we finally got everything dialed in. We've had the we. I think last time we spoke, I think that was uh, hailed 
as the perfect episode. I think that's what people have been calling that. Like, not just of this program, but it's like the perfect episode. Yeah, it's like, ah, finally someone made that. Yeah, and so all- we've reached that pinnacle, and uh, and now we're going to throw all of that out the window because what we have to talk about today, finally, finally, Ty, getting into the backstory, getting into uh, you know your your genesis, your origin story as, of course, the inaugural president of PU's TBFC, uh, as a as we've all come to come to know it. Before we introduce it, there's one more thing I have to say. Ty, you are the first guest uh, on the show to be recording an episode that will come out over one year from today. Wow, that is wild. You're the first one. It's uh, it's May 24th, 2021 or beyond for the listener. That's an exciting thing to think about, to just really step back and just think about. Because what you're telling me is pretty much that you have achieved time travel. Oh, thank you so much. I have, I'm not going to name names. Uh, I, I speak often of the separate time streams that the listeners and I inhabit. It's sort of like intersecting, but separate, wholly separate time streams. I, I have some guests who think that I misunderstand what time streams are when I talk like that, but I am with you. I think we've really, we're reaching across these vast, uh, distances of time, these these swaths of time, if you will, across which we reach out to you, listener. These uh, these messages from a from a time of great calamity. I lost you for a second. Sorry, I must have been in another time zone or something. <laughs> oh my god, it's happening! It's happening! Oh man, I'll tell you what. This is cool, man. Time travel is not what i thought it was going to be but it's working <laughs> it, i gotta say this is a bit of a time travel period i've talked to a lot of people yeah uh, i've talked to a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> let's just start with that and a lot of them have said i'm having a hard time keeping track of the days yeah and i think there's a time travel thing happening and we just aren't paying enough attention there's a bit of a shift there's a bit of a phase in happening <laughs> It's happening. There's time travels taking place, and we're just not. Exp- we're not. We're getting distracted by the other stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Worried about hydroxychloroquine. Hydro hydroxy. Well, I'm taking it. It works. I mean, let's be honest. That's all I ever needed to hear. Does it work? Oh, it works. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You. You have talked to a lot of people who've lost track of time, and a lot of doctors are saying it works. It works. How do we begin here? What do we want to do? I should I, should well, I sit back and let you fly us into it, or should we keep yeah, jibber jabbing? Because I mean, I'll tell you let's, what. Let's 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 uh, jimmer jammer all the way through. Let's jimmer Fredette this thing. We're gonna talk about a record here today, which is completely different from all the other records in the collection. It is a standalone. I I have no other spoken word albums. I think it's fair to call this a spoken word album. It's not, I mean, there is music, there's backing, but it's really a sort of poetry. It's actually very expository. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's just a, it's a recap album. It's it's an incredible... a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a summary. Um, it is, of course, Blazer Mania. In 1843, a determined segment of society blazed a trail across the Pacific Northwest called the Oregon Trail. They were a determined group of people 
whose firm belief in themselves became a living heritage for those that know that territory today. And now in 1977, another trail has been blazed in that same area. It is called Blazer Mania. Blazer Mania. <laughs> Bill Shonley with standard oh, TV and appliances. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this record, this record has been setting the standard for over 50 years. <laughs> or well, no, actually for 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 over 40 years. It's been setting the standard for over 40 years. Yeah, di- uh Ty, I want to ask you first of all, did the did the perfectly legal means by which you got to listen to this record? Did were you able to give this thing a listen? Yeah, yeah, I did. It took a minute. The first <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. first like minute and a half were pretty chopped up and i uh-huh. was like oh no is this whole recording gonna be like this which can you imagine if it if it were and i just struggled through it <laughs> just... i was like i was like yeah dude i listened to the whole thing you're like it 27 minutes in you're yeah. like man i really hope this <laughs> i really hope this fixes shapes up soon <laughs> yeah no but i did i sat there and i was like all right let's just digest this it's it's gonna pick up he he here's the deal is i knew I trusted whoever had sent it that they would have reviewed <laughs> that issue or not and would have warned me, hey, by the way, it doesn't get started for about seven minutes. <laughs> no, yeah. no, so I was like I was like, This will clear this will clear, the airways will clear soon and I'll get a nice clean audio and we'll I'll be re- I'll be on board. Like right re- like I'm there in the stands. And sure enough it did. It cleared up and I listened to it and I'll tell you what, it speaking of time travel, it felt like it. <laughs> <laughs> It was good. It's pretty wacky. It's very, very, um, it's so sincere and earnest. It is, for the listener, we should say, it is a recap of the Portland Trailblazers' lone championship season, which was 1976-77. They they won the championship in June 1977, which is over a decade before I was born, uh, roundabout, little less than a decade before you were born, right? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. just about, just over. Yeah, and oh yeah, less than. What am I talking about? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, the, we've got to know, Ty. Is it just a little more or just a little less? Mm. Just a little less. Yeah. So, like, it's <laughs> it's from a time immemorial. Un- yeah, yeah, unbeknown. <laughs> unmemorized un completely alien and uh and it's a radio recap it's it's a bunch of radio highlights from the season on side a and radio highlights from the playoffs on side b yeah but i don't know man i think it's the way that is what it is that is the easiest way to try to get somebody on on board with what it is but i think if you were to and I'll, maybe I'll just ask you right mm-hmm. now, wh- how would you describe this in today's day and age? What is this to you? Like if you had to relate this to how how this would have been made today, what is this? What is this? The well, form? it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, so like House of Highlights. Uh, it's a. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a... <laughs> it's like somebody's really well made YouTube highlight. Totally, totally. It's like very... a season recap. It's a season recap. <laughs> it's Bill Shonley's very highly, <laughs> highly yeah, well made. Bill Shonley's season recap pressed yeah. on vinyl. Yeah. And then you're hearing it, you know, 30, what, 40, what year are we in here? What was it? 77, 76, 77. So yeah, yeah we're, 
this is it felt so funny to it felt really charming to me in a sense i was yeah. like this is great this is some, the music in between i was oh I was like man. pleasantly i just kind of had a smile on my face listening to it so many fun little like stabs during the during the radio broadcast uh or like the horns as we as we like jump ahead in time yeah. uh we like <laughs> all like was in, batman man. style <laughs> i loved it the little cues that would go in and out like just yeah the little like sonic the little audible notes that you'd hear that would take you into the next segment yeah fun stuff Blazers lead very quickly four to nothing Blazers with a ball in front court super super cute but the storytelling was top notch as well well yeah okay so <laughs> I'm going to, of course, drop some things in here. There are some things that I wrote down, uh, things that he said that I that just really, um, really spoke to me when he said, um, serenely set beneath the rustic beauty <laughs> of Mount Hood, Mount St. Helens, the three sisters. I, I loved that. I loved it, the multiple times he talked about Portland as a community of 385,000 people. And uh, and how they joined forces with uh, with twelve disciplined men committed love- to excellence and yeah. bound to succeed. That one was so strong. I thought that was pretty awesome. That was really good. I actually took some notes myself. Oh man! A couple things that stood out to me was just in general the first the opening storytelling note of it. Yeah, and how they they introduce the Oregon trail and the trailblazers <laughs> of the Oregon trail and complete. And they really tie the team, the trailblazers into being trailblazers of sure. their own way. That's and trail, <laughs> the modern day Oregon trail, the trailblazers of 1976, 77. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I am in these guys yeah. were trailblazers. They nailed it. And then I made me really respect the name that much more. I'm only six years into the league. Totally. I mean, really impressive. Yeah, really they were uh, they were of course weaned from expansion in 1970. <laughs> weaned exactly. Weaned, I loved that line. Weaned from expansion. Well, one of the lines I loved in this, uh, also is when he went back into storytelling mode, and he's mm-hmm. like, he said, in nineteen in the year 1970, like 1970. <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> that is so good because they will say like this the season 1976, 1977. Sure. And then when he goes, like he just he knew what he was doing. He told mm-hmm. a story. He he spun a tale, and I I liked it. <laughs> there are so many like fun and cute little flourishes on here. The very first thing they do in the in the whole album is this little like kind of theme song that that comes back way later and i want to save that i i want to save that sort of weird cross promotional thing that i didn't recognize until my second and a half time listening through and it's like oh oh that's what they're doing okay so i'm going to save that the other thing they do right at the top is they introduce the team like maybe at the like post parade party or something exactly yeah. right um yep my favorite thing from that is the uh I'm going to I assume that it's a woman's voice it might be a uh, a young oh man's voice it doesn't the, really the matter. <laughs> but you you know the whole crowd erupts but this one person sitting so close to the mic doing the same cheer every time going Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my my Sarah was in Sarah was in the other room and I was in the kitchen listening to this out loud on my 
iPad and and she came into the room and she was like, "What is who is that that's screaming? What are you?" Because it was so and it would it would pierce through any other sound. She yeah. was like, "I couldn't tell if you were watching a show because every once in a while you would just hear, yeah, yeah." I don't know if it was a boy uh, or a woman, but I really I caught it. I caught onto that one too. Uh, that was it's a good so fear. sweet. It's so funny. It's like. Oh, it's the only thing you can hear, yeah, from another room. It's um, that ringing quality. Guy, that is a sensational game yesterday and the entire year. Bobby Gross. Yeah! First-year man from the University of Dayton. What a year. What some memories he'll have. Johnny Davis. So, so sweet. And that's the attitude that this entire record has is just like, as I suppose... Not not having really experienced it in the same way, like I suppose that's what it is like to celebrate an NBA championship. <laughs> is uh, is everything just feels great? Everything just feels amazing. Yeah, it's kind of a yay. It's kind of a yay way, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the yay way. That reminds me, I do have a book by the coach of the Portland Trailblazers from this time called "The Coach's Art," and in the record, he talks about in an interview, he talks about everything's starting with like going to bill walton's house and making some sort of agreements about how the team would be run that he goes into way more depth in that book if you're uh if you're a true head you got to pick up the coach's art by dr jack ramsey it's uh I, dude i thought it was interesting i really did think it was interesting and when i heard his i you know i know of jack ramsey as as the championship coach i know Mm -hmm. his look i know that icon of him but i'm not super familiar with his coaching ways and his strategy and you know i it was like we said it was a decade before us we didn't get to experience it yeah i see listening just listening to that interview really did pique my interest and it totally think like oh yeah he was dr jack ramsey like the the doctor part of it starts to make more sense because this guy does not seem like your typical coach. He's not a guy who just goes, yeah, we're going to take it one game at a time. We're going to see how it goes. And yeah, you know, we're going to make sure everybody's uh, healthy. We're going to move the ball around. No, he was like, well, I had an idea and a, uh, I really had a way of playing that I thought would work well with certain players. And I wanted to make sure to get those pieces into that yeah. position. You know, he was a real strategist when it came to that. Mm-hmm. And he just really got into it. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, the the book, I really do. I'm like sort of, I don't imagine that most anybody would hear this and be like, oh, I got to go pick that up. But I really did enjoy reading it. Um, I think I got it when I was in high school and and I've gone back to it a couple of times and read little bits. I mean, it's kind of some of it's a little bit, you know, boring and old, but a lot of it is really interesting and where he talks about, um, yeah, his his idea of the ball moving and how all five play. There's actually like pictures there are like slides in it, uh, like demonstrating like here the here yeah. is where Twardzik is about to dive toward. There's like little diagrams and stuff. Oh, it's super awesome. Can I just can I just suggest something? I mean, now that you're a teacher, can can you find a way to fit this into your class curriculum and have everyone read <laughs> yeah. the coach's corner? <laughs> yeah, it's like this is required reading by your teacher. Yeah, why? This is Oregon uh, history, guys. Yeah, it's Oregon history. It's really. <laughs> It's really fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's uh yeah, so that's pretty sweet. He his he's also like so he's known for having all that like style and flair. And in his interviews, right? So style and flair in his wardrobe. In his interviews, he kind of sounds like proto Zen master style. He's like talking about like having a common goal and and not, you know, sort of like 
like just letting the game happen and that's where winning happens but when you try to win that's where you struggle like all this all this really philosophical kind of stuff his his actual practice demeanor though he fined players like $50 for every minute they were late or something like that <laughs> to practice <laughs> he came in and inherited this like weak expansion team and uh and was like you guys need to snap into gear yeah yeah, so really old school stuff. Wouldn't I don't know how well that would fly today. <laughs> yeah, it worked with Michael Jordan. Yeah, oh geez. How did you like that, by the way? I mean, this is the only episode where it makes sense to talk about that documentary. Yeah, I have one episode left. I've been enjoying it. Just oh, I won't, I I won't like spoil how it ends. <laughs> I, I, I bet he wins. I'll never tell. No, I, I would say that I have been enjoying it, for yeah. sure, because... It, that was something that we did get to witness and experience and follow a bit. And I also think because I was so young when it was happening, happening, I was aware it was happening and I, but I didn't only to a certain level. So it's interesting to to reflect back on it now going, Oh yeah, of course this was a bigger story. And of course there was more to this. This is something that I only knew so much about as a child, you know? So that part of it was fascinating to me, but also um, the, I guess just the growth of, all of the figures featured in it too, mm. and knowing the icons mm-hmm. that they become. Also, just hearing some of the insight from that was their their retelling of everything is so funny and dramatic and over the top. But you know, yeah. I believe that they've <laughs> built that story for themselves as well. You yeah, know, like, totally. Yeah, straight. Yeah, <laughs> like Titans talking about war. You know, was, yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. It's it's very uh, it's very grandiose. I I ha- I enjoyed it. I don't know that it was like. What I will say is I'm not convinced that it was good. I think there were some like well done parts of it. It didn't um yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure how I'm not sure how like honest a lot of it was. It was pretty sensational. All the Dennis Rodman stuff was uh pretty shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I couldn't believe any of that. Yeah, that um that series is really my first solid memory of like paying attention and knowing like, okay, a basketball season is a thing. And then there's the playoffs at the end. Like I kind of was starting to be aware of it right during that, that last series. And and I remember where I was, I remember we were at Bible study at my parents, friends, um, Brad and Kim's, <laughs> we were at yeah. Brad and Kim's house. And, and I watched that last shot. Yeah. Yeah. I went to a playoff game of that from that season. I went in to that year playoff game. Yeah. In that year. Oh, with my dad. So who like, was it against? <sighs> I, that's the thing is that we have a ticket and I have photos, but that's the only thing I know from it. You know what mm. I mean? I was so young. I was a kid. Yeah. I see those photos now and I'm like, whoa, you took me to a playoff game? You know, like. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. I'm like, really? And yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, that's cool. But I don't, I honestly do not remember watching the game. But at huh. the same time, I have memories of watching them play in the Memorial Coliseum. Yeah. But maybe it was from that game. Maybe not. You know what I mean? Like, I, mm-hmm. I do remember going to the Coliseum for, for games and. But it doesn't, I couldn't tell you if it was a playoff game or not. I just didn't know yeah. the significance yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as I am aware, I have not been to a Blazers playoff game at all. Like that, that just seems like so much fun. Uh, <laughs> and I've never been able to do. Um, yeah. yeah. The recent playoff games, I'm with you. The recent playoff games, I've not made it to them. Yeah. So, all right. That, that was our last dance minute. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Bulls versus Blazers. Bulls, Bulls, Blazies. Yeah. 
so I, I they made a video game titled that by the way yeah <laughs> so i had lakers versus celtics i did not have bulls versus blazers which was a sequel but i did we have had, lakers yeah. versus celtics yeah we had bulls versus blazers which was a awesome which was a game that i also remember my dad thinking was very important for us to get <laughs> <laughs> he was the he was like the driving force to buying that video game you that's know? awesome he was like oh guys we have to get this bulls versus blazers this is the one <laughs> we're like okay <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a chance to right some historical wrongs <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want to play one of those old school basketball games now yeah well so something i did on quarantine was i uh i found a nintendo gamecube emulator and downloaded nba street volume 2 it's not quite that old it's not one of the old konami games but yeah that game is sick i played a lot of that on quarantine yeah like nba live 95 like mm-hmm. those old where you can just like spot up with dale ellis and just hit a three every time <laughs> <laughs> d brown yeah those are the ones i didn't know what side a and what side b was because i my thing didn't oh I didn't, it just well paused. do you remember yeah do you remember that but long i knew i knew when the, the playoffs exactly like <laughs> i knew when that but i couldn't tell what time it felt like side a was twice the length than side B. Didn't it? <laughs> it is um it's not it's not twice the front the first side is pretty slow going there were a bunch of things that i learned and yeah so let let's Let's get about to flipping the record pretty quick here. There there were some things that I learned there in that season. One was about how the Kansas City Kings were actually the Kansas City Omaha Kings that year. Like it was a weird weird year where they like had two hometowns and they like split their home games between two different cities. That's a weird that's a weird thing to go through. Don't yeah. do that to a whole city. I get it. Like divorce happens. It happens to some to some families and some kids, but don't do that to a whole city. Not the whole city. That's like you're gonna have to share custody <laughs> with a basketball team. Yeah, with Omaha. Yeah, like I gotta go to Omaha this weekend. Yeah, well, playing. every other weekend. <laughs> yeah, come on, don't yeah. do dual custody for a basketball team. <laughs> yeah, super weird. I don't, I don't know, understand really anything about that. And then, they, of course, they ended up moving to Sacramento. Like that's a that's a tortured franchise. They've uh, Sacramento. What just one of the most beautiful cities there is in America doesn't get enough appreciation. <laughs> I, I, I it just doesn't get the attention it deserves. That have you you go through Sacramento down the twilight hour when you get to see that that purple that purple glow coming off, uh, coming off the haze coming from yeah LA. that it's purple glow off the haze the uh, Arco Arena off in the distance. Sacramento is just one of those gems here in the West that people haven't fully caught on to. <laughs> I have it's, to say I've yeah. only seen it from I five. I don't think I've uh, I don't think I've ever been in, and it's always been the... about what you've described, like right yeah. around that time. Yeah, exactly. That's when you hit it. It's yeah. like the, <laughs> you leave me, in the morning. Like, you're like, oh, there's Sacramento. <laughs> I kind of feel like it's like the you know, it's the kind of place I could see Clyde Drexler taking over. Yeah, or uh, Kevin Johnson. Yeah, well, Kevin Johnson doesn't belong there in Sacramento. I mean, he tried. What? Are you kidding me? He's the goddamn mayor. Is he still? Well, I don't know. He was. Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying he I... tried because he's not anymore? <laughs> no. See, I'm saying he tried. But the, but the fact is, the fact you know, is, if Clyde... George Bush tried to be president, but look yeah, where he's he at tried. today. <laughs> he's not anymore, is he? <laughs> Kevin Johnson was in Sacramento. Sacramento's had a really interesting 
political NBA affiliation. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. The Maloofs. Oh, man. Do you know about the Maloofs? Who are the Maloofs? <laughs> the eternal question. Who are the Maloofs? The Maloofs were the, like, playboy billionaire co-owner brothers of the Sacramento Kings in the 90s and noughties. I'm not entirely sure how they acquired their fortune. They had a lesser known brother who I, <laughs> I actually, I cannot believe this is coming up. I'm so honored to be able to talk about my, uh, my brush with the fast and furious stuntman Sammy Maloof. <laughs> Who's he stunt for? Come on. Uh, I don't know exactly who he what like for Lucas? whom for whom the bell stunted. I'm not sure. Uh, Tyrese. <laughs> no. Well, maybe I just don't know. He could have had a helmet on. He's like Vin? he's a he is a oh, he Vinny probably D? Vin. Okay, so Sammy Maloof. I should back up just a little bit and say that in high school, one of my summer jobs I got was working for my my girlfriend's dad as he got a go-karting summer camp a christian go-karting summer camp off the ground and Um, this was one of the jobs that you had at the same time as several other jobs because you worked a lot of jobs in high school is is that if i'm understanding that correctly (laughs) um summer i mean i had a yeah well you know no you you would have four summer jobs if i'm not mistaken i did yeah sure that's right yep I had, uh, I did, I did, and this uh, was just one of lawn them. mowing. I did street number painting. I did paper out and I did go kart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then, yeah. s- and then old Sammy Maloof bought you into the old. And a real go getter kind of attitude. I was always hustling, walking around, uh, riding around on my yellow Schwinn Stingray, getting tips. Yeah. 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 I met Sammy Maloof. Yeah. So Sammy Maloof was a guest speaker at this. And of course, the theme being. Um, he's a Christian and he's a, a stunt driver and we're at a Christian camp where we're doing go-karting and we're like driving and learning, learning like the lines of the track and learning how to like do controlled skid and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's trying right? to get, he's, he's there, he's your drift instructor. Yeah, he could have been an instructor. Instead, he was like the chapel speaker. And so each night he would get up and tell some like weird rambling Hollywood stories about how like actually Vin Diesel was gay or how <laughs> <laughs> this is what he was doing with his for yeah for chapel yeah or Whoa. um I, he he did a lot of he told this story about um walking around the car and before a race and placing angels at each of the four wheels he prayed for angels to be at each one and then he was in a terrible accident but he survived and everyone said he should have died but those angels protected him right so now before every race he places angels besides his car um he so he told you like hollywood gossip and then like miracle propaganda (laughs) yeah totally well, and add to that, so then he was also, like, part of the camp for that week. It was, I don't know, we probably did, like, four or five different weeks, but I don't I don't really remember it all that clearly. I was mostly there to try and, like, find ways to sneak off and make out with my girlfriend, whose dad ran the camp. And so we had, like, flagging duty. We'd be on corners, and we'd have to, like, signal the, the racers what was going on. 
And so he and I had a corner one time and he started talking to me about how 9-11 was an inside job and he pulled out a dollar bill and folded it up and told me Mm -hmm. how like it predicted the Twin Towers and all this Illuminati shit. I mean, this guy was off his nut. Recently saw him on a uh, Netflix show, on a Netflix TV show. He showed up. uh, His daughter was on a a stunt car (laughs) racing show or like a, a like best driver kind of show his daughter was on it and so he was on there and he full-on like walked around the car like placing angels in the episode i oh oh my god i mean that well he better right better stick to the story you got to (laughs) (laughs) he's like i gotta do it i I got my shtick but i've been doing i've been telling people that i'm sending maloof i gotta (laughs) do it (laughs) for 20 years i've been placing angels yeah i'll tell you what you mentioned something in that story about how how you were more or less just trying to get away the whole time to make out with your girlfriend who happened sure. to be the daughter of the camp, the guy who ran the camp. And That's I right. just I just was like, boy, would I love to watch that Saturday morning cartoon of <laughs> teen, old teenage Ryan Hosner with four no. jobs, four summer jobs, just trying to find a way to get away with his girlfriend who happens to be the daughter of the camp counselor, the lead counselor, who's like Ryan. You're like I'm like that is awesome. <laughs> Uh, it's too that real. That is a good yeah. one. That's like Dudley Do Right. That's good stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um, <laughs> I'm glad you're finding some entertainment out of that idea. I think in practice, it was a uh, it was not as glamorous. <laughs> as just you picturing think. you every scenario just getting in your way. You're like, ah, oh, finally a minute I can run away. They're like, hey, Ryan, you wouldn't mind hosting the church totally the dinner or evening tonight. You're like, well, I got it now. Yeah. Yep. No, totally. Actually, that's true. Like, um, so my buddy Joel was there and, and Lauren was there and, and there was all kinds of like trying to help each other, like, you know, arrange spots for us to like hang out sort of separately, you know, kind of, I don't know. It was all that kind of stuff sneaking around. <laughs> you guys were trying to pull on Ocean's Eleven just so you could go make out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, Here's what you're going to do. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the most fun we actually had sneaking out was, I think, to watch um, And One Mixtape. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you and know, One Mixtape. You know Dude, Ian, right? We got to go. Yeah. Yeah. So the story, and apologies to Ian for blowing him up. This is one of, of course, the like coolest people in the city of Portland, one of the coolest people I've ever known. And he and I have been like real close pals since we were, I don't know, I was 11 when we met. Um, we've been roommates, and he is the owner and proprietor and inventor of Deadstock Coffee in Portland. He's on TV all the time talking about coffee and shoes. Anyway, Ian picked up a copy of And One Mixtape because he had gone to a taping. He had gone down to Salem where there was a taping going on. Or maybe it was I, – I think it was Salem. With but the now, professor? So the Yeah, the professor was from Salem. Maybe it was at Jefferson High School, though, or something. Maybe it was in Portland. But either way, like Ian had gone and seen them on one of these tours and actually got out and got to play, like got on the court and played against the and one guys. And so had like talked about that and hyped it up. And and then the the volume came out that would have had that trip on it. And so we watched that whole thing. We like snuck out, put the kids to bed, you know, the (laughs) whatever, like don't don't sneak out, kids. And then we like took off and watched this and one mixtape and. Totally, like, I swear, we watched, like, 
90 minutes or like 80 minutes of this 90 minute tape. And we're like, man, it's, I can't believe we didn't like every time Jefferson came on, Ian would be like, Oh, this is a Jefferson. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, this is a Jefferson. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. And so we're like, man, I guess you, uh, I guess you just aren't in this. And then as soon as we were like ready to turn it off, he's playing defense on the professor and he's like perfect defensive stance. He's got his feet set. You know, he's been practicing for this moment, his whole life. And the professor like crosses over and he's with him. He crosses over. He's with him. He does like a little fake and Ian gets shook and like turns his face and like stares straight at the camera. He's like frozen in time as the professor goes around him. And we just lost our shit because we had seen our friend get his ankles broken on TV. Oh, it's so that's good. That is good. Does he not? Is he does he hide that or does he? share that because that sounds like something i'd i'd be proud of that's i think it's both i think he's both like very proud to have had that experience that little brush with fame and to be on the mixtape i also know that at the time we were all you know there's a lot of like machismo and a lot of bravado and and we like pulled it up and there he is like getting made look silly and we oh man we fell out it was pretty awesome it's a, that's to me that's like one of those things that now that i hear you talking about it i think you know what that's a great bucket list item like crossed up on an and one mixtape <laughs> that is a great bucket list item yeah yeah like, it's just too that bad he got done, to it so like, early oh, yeah, you know it's like oh yeah bungee jump of those things like, yeah sure i like that I'm, I'm excited about that thought but dude it crossed up on an and one mixtape yeah pretty fun yeah that's no. a good one we 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 love those guys old ray for alston mm. yeah mm. big time um Ty, the, you know, the only other thing I wanted to say about side one, I didn't even realize that this is a team that had uh, 22 straight wins in the middle of the season. That's incredible. That's, uh, that that's quite a statistic. Time. I've never really experienced it, uh, win, an active win streak that big. No. Myself. No. What was the long one that we had a couple years ago? 11, thir- 12? 13, I think, maybe. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which was incredible. Like, oh, my God, they might never lose again. It's. I remember that's. I think that same season, like Houston did thirty three or something, and I was just like, yeah. "This is stupid." Yeah, it was a yeah. frustrating thing being a fan, not being a fan of that team, and seeing that happen. You're just like, "Ugh, boring." Yeah. You know, you get annoyed. But yeah, I'm sure. If you're yeah. on, if you're rooting for that team, you're just like, "What is happening?" Yeah, seriously, this is crazy. You're just so thrilled. What a what a ride! What a ride that must have yeah. been. Ty, yeah. let's uh let's flip this record over and let's take just a brief moment here to talk about today in coronavirus. Ty, here's what we've got for today in coronavirus. Um this is a this is a second time that we've done something like this here on the program and it brings me no joy to to switch our focus in this way. So early on, early on in quarantine, at the very outset of this program, we had a, a, a small but notable earthquake in Salt Lake City. So we were extending all sorts of like well wishes to our, our friends there in Utah, which who were experiencing like a disaster on top of a disaster. Here we have now, I mean, speaking of disasters upon disasters, we have two dams in uh, in Michigan that have been breached after... Um, huge rains uh, and massive, massive flooding in central Michigan. Um, a couple of towns needing to be evacuated. That's uh, just messy. It's not coronavirus news. It's not, I mean, because we can only say so much. It's still bad. There's still nothing to do about it. The president's still awful. I mean, what, whatever. But like, yeah, this is real stuff that's happening. And this is how, this is how I will remember 
this moment in time is like, holy shit, it just keeps getting worse. Yeah, I could say that that would not be, gosh, that doesn't seem, I even things that aren't bad, just things having to happen to you in times like this. My brother just recently moved. Yeah. Going through a move, you're like, oh, moving during this must be hard. Yeah. I mean, imagine moving. That's a voluntary thing that you're moving to a place you bought that you're excited about. Mm-hmm. Evacuating because the house is flooded just sounds like the worst. Yeah. You know, all these things. Yeah. That's, yeah. Going, that's going and trying to find shelter somewhere six feet apart from all the other people who need to find shelter out of the like tens of thousands of people who have to flee. Yeah. Great. Yeah. No, no good. No good. The, uh, the very cynical silver lining is that the president had threatened to uh, withhold all federal funding from the state because they had uh, they had enacted absentee voting for all. <laughs> um, but he's you know he's like oh I've got your back I've got your back on this one so hey thanks thanks man just the salt of the earth that guy. Amen. That's been today in coronavirus. <coughs> Hold up. Today time travel man what even is today what even is a day you know today is 1977 june 5th two minutes and 18 seconds past the hour of 2 (laughs) p.m yeah a time and a day that was burnt into every trailblazer (laughs) fan worldwide even the most ardent fan was pinching themselves (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) the northwest will never be the same so I have to ask this question to you here on side B because I kept hearing the name of a player who I didn't I didn't really recognize this player's name. And there are I mean, anytime you're looking at a team from forty years ago, even a championship team, you're gonna have some like hangers on, some like you know, role players. You know, Bill Wennington, for example. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I was surprised to learn about, I think for the first time the starter of all six games in the finals, Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis. I got to say, there was quite a few names that didn't, that I did not know off the top. There was uh, probably half of them I had heard before and I was familiar with. And then there's quite a few where I'm like, oh, maybe I've heard that. Some of them I kind of loosely recognized. But uh, the other one was Corky. Yeah, Corky Calhoun. (laughs) Corky Calhoun, I didn't know. And that was charming as hell. Yeah. Oh, Corky Calhoun and Johnny Davis <laughs> off the bench with those spark plugs coming in to pull together 12 in the quarter. Yeah. Corky Calhoun with a ball up top. And the steal from Corky Calhoun. <laughs> Corky Calhoun is the guy who would steal the ball, for sure. Big time. Like, you know oh, Corky. Like, yeah. Corky Calhoun is not the center, not the lumbering center. Corky no, no, Calhoun no. is the guy who is stealing the ball and somehow saving the day. So I He's like some... the Travis Outlaw. Oh, man, that's awesome. I love that. I, I have some real questions, though, about why nobody has ever heard of Johnny Davis, because he was a starter for the championship squad. He wasn't a regular season starter. Um, in the record, they don't mention anything about the fact that Dave Twardzik went down with an ankle injury in the Western Conference Finals sweep of the Lakers and that he had to be replaced. Like, there's a lot of stuff missing out of this story that I still had to go, like, find myself. Yeah. Yeah, heck, well, man? it's it's just a recap of uh, of the highlights, not the lowlights. Those all sound like lowlights to me, man. The a rookie coming off the bench and averaging twenty points in the finals. I mean, no, coming, that's a highlight. To that's start? a highlight. That oh. you're right. I should. That's yeah, incredible. Take it back. That is a highlight. But the other things like people going down. I know. I'm with you. They didn't. 
I thought they, that you know, when it comes down to like the uh, championship, I thought like that's what I mean. Side A felt longer and more in depth than side B to me. Yeah, I was kind of like when they when it ended, I didn't think it was over. Even though I was like, wait, no, that was the win. That was the game. That makes sense. <laughs> I guess it's over. People, but it just people. didn't feel as in depth. Yeah, that, <laughs> it just didn't feel as in depth as the as the first half. And I, I'm with you. Yeah. I think that some of those little anecdotes would have been nice to force in there and yeah. remind us like yeah well rookie... i'm trying to think of like from our own time you know i can remember playoff heroes like bonzi wells having a huge game against dallas or zach randolph having a huge performance in the playoffs right and like anytime somebody has a big game even like cj had his big game at the end of that memphis series well, myers leonard had his big game against yeah State. you know like you know those games stand yeah out sure. so to not know of johnny davis at all just seemed like I, it makes me curious to know if it's because he was only with the team for two years or if like he was not a fan favorite or if there was like some sort of weird thing when he went out of town he he is the only player to have worn the number 16 in blazers franchise history but his number's not retired yeah well i mean you don't just go retiring a number because only one person's worn it ryan <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like i was number 62 and no one else has been that number I no 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 sure should... yeah michael ruffin i looked at was a guy who's the only player to wear a number for the blazers i i get it you know craig craig not robinson craig somebody yeah there were a few that i saw like that but he's the he's a goddamn starter for a championship team give him his due yeah what i'm what i'm i guess what i'm accusing all Portland fans older than us of is Johnny Davis erasure. Yeah, I think, and I also think you're saying, guys, you really think we're going to be able to retire 90 plus numbers here? Let's just chill out and retire. It's okay. We don't need to be so conservative with these numbers. We can retire number 16 already. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to take it. No one this has guy asked deserves about it. it in 43 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he deserves it. No one's trying to get it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's retire it already. Let's just yeah. keep it for him. Make it special. Oh, man. Listeners, you. if you're out there, we are going to organize this. We this is finally a cause. The the podcast of course has somewhere around 6 or 7 rules. It has 3 goals and now we finally have a cause. The cause is to retire Johnny Davis as number 16 for the Portland Blazers. <laughs> Which you know what I'm curious about? Which team in the history of like of let's just stay in basketball since we're there. Yeah. I would like to go across every major sport but which team in the nba has retired the most numbers and which team in the nba has retired the most numbers maybe on like the most lenient scale you know <laughs> and, and I, if i were somebody in the nba that'd be the team i'd be trying to play for <laughs> totally like, yeah get something weird and numbers? wacky yeah <laughs> who has the most retired numbers is it the celtics and my is, guess you know, is, is the, it celtics, the lakers right is it is it a team that's had several several championships and several big names because yeah, it'd be, I I'd be think. interested in, in Stan being like, yeah. Well, and the weird thing was too, for me, like, cause I, so I did some, uh, I did some trailblazers numerology. That was, uh, that was an idea for a game that I, that I had in mind. Um, and I spent some time looking at, at Jersey numbers. And so most of the numbers of the players on this team, the like main players have been retired. But also in the years after this championship, almost all of those numbers were worn by other players. Like it took a long time for Portland to even do number retirements. I think like 
they have people wearing 32 after Walton in like the late 80s. Yeah, they didn't just jump. They didn't just jump at it and say the second he left, they're like, "Oh, stop it! Hold the pre- stop the presses, guys! Nobody's doing it." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I I'm with you. I remember when they retired number thirty, even. Yeah, we at, for Gross like, and Porter. Yeah, and with and a lot of people were like, "What about Wallace? What about Sheed? <laughs> yeah, come on, come on." Yeah, but it's like, hey, yeah, 30's gone. It's off the boards. You're going to put a gross importer in. Yeah. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. I feel like at that point, you might as well just throw a sheet up there too. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, who cares? It's retired for all of them. But I think maybe that's Portland trying to make a statement, like saying, no, you have to go to a championship. I, you know? well, or to the finals. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. To the finals. Maybe that's their criteria. That's what I want to know. I want to know the team who's just retiring numbers just because they were a fan favorite. Do you want to – so I have some other numbers here. You know, Victor Claver is also another uh, only player to ever wear the number 18. <laughs> yeah. that's a, I remember that one. Oh, I said Craig I, – I knew I was wrong. It's not Craig Robinson, the actor. It's Craig Smith, the trailblazer, wore number 83. Yeah, Michael Ruffin, 51, the only one to do that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. Um, here's a name of a player I do not recognize from a time, actually two, from a time that I ostensibly was paying attention to the Blazers. Two two players who only, <laughs> this is so boring. <laughs> Kanyel Dickens was uh, number 28 and Slavko Vranesh was number 29 in, uh, in 04, those two players apparently. Kanyel Dickens and Slavko Vranesh. 28 and 29. What year was that? 2004. Yeah, I kind of re- remember that, but I mean they were trash. They were trash right then, but I didn't know they were Slavkov Ranish trash. <laughs> this guy, the oh my god. Oh my god. I really should not be talking so much trash about somebody who played in the actual NBA. Um career career summary. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Career summary. Games played. One. <laughs> Minutes played three. Field goals attempted one. Field goals made zero. Ugh, that sounds awful. <laughs> one personal foul. That's that his sounds, entire career. I know, but doesn't that sound awful? Like, imagine making it to the NBA and then being like, I got three minutes game time. People are like, yeah, but you got paid. You're like, no, dude, this was awful. This was I've not what I wanted. I gotta know. It was at Minnesota, a game that the Blazers lost 96 to 75. It dropped them to 15 and 18. Leading scorer for the Blazers that night, Zach Randolph with 15, Jeff McGinnis with 15. <laughs> oh boy. Quintel Woods started that game, got 10 points. That is those are Quintel dark Woods. times. <laughs> Ugh, I don't yeah, I wasn't I didn't witness that one. Yikes. All right. Uh, a lot of that's going to get cut. That was the most boring thing that's ever happened on this show. <laughs> oh man. I'm with you there. Yeah. <laughs> Ty, I want to talk to you about some nicknames of players that I didn't know before. Okay. I'm into that. Is this a game or is this just a, let's no, I'm talk just about tell- I just want to tell you some that I liked on here. I'm going to tell you four of these that I liked. Actually, what I'm going to do, let's do a little mini game. Let's do a mini game. I'm going to tell you the name of the, I'm going to tell you the nickname and you tell me if you can tell me who it was a nickname for. Easiest one first. Easiest one first. The Bandit. That's the easiest one. 
<laughs> okay, the bandit is that Bobby Gross? It's uh, you had a you had a good chance there going with a two syllables, one syllable kind of name, but no, it was Larry Steele, a veteran of the Portland Trailblazers for some six years. The oldest uh, member of the present organization right now, the bandit, Larry Steele. Larry. Larry Steele, yeah. Yeah, the bandit, uh, the rubber the band. band man. The rubber band man. How did I not pick up on these? No, were these all in the record, too? These are all in the record. The rubber band man, Robin Jones. A player that can leap with the best of them. The rubber band man, Robin Jones. I remember I remember hearing some of these, but I never connected with them. Go on. Uh, the Who. The Who was Wally. Wally. Yep. Yep. Wally, Wally Walker. Wazirak, yep. Wally Walker. Yep. You got it. You got it. There you go. And of course, my friends, last but not least, affectionately known as the Who, Wally Walker. Here's one that actually, this one might actually be easier. I'm not sure. Uh, Squirmin. Squirmin Mark Mervin. <laughs> it was Squirmin Herman Gilliam. Yeah, Squirmin Herman. And the Blazers have a commanding lead right now. Again, thanks to Corky Calhoun and Larry Steele. And some pretty good outside shooting by a guy by the name of Squirmin Herman Gilliam. <laughs> These are awesome names. Okay, I also have to ask you about some other musical things here, Ty. Did you expect that we were going to hear Gotta Get a Headband or Bust a Bucket? Uh, I would have uh, two weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Because I was initially I was mistaken when I saw that. Oh, yeah, we'll listen to, we'll listen to a Blazers record. I, I initially just thought, oh, this is the tape that I used to have. I had this cassette tape that had ah. Bust a Bucket and Gotta Get a Headband. Well, no, it didn't have got to get it. It had Bust the Bucket on it and another, I think it was maybe two singles. Uh-huh. And it was from that early 90s team, um, like a Z100 release tape. Yep, you know, it was, yep. Sweep City Showtime, fully fantastic, positively Portland, slam bombastic. Crowd was stopping, then they screamed. But that one thing Coach said kept me guessing. What's that word, man? Now I'm stressing. Bust the Bucket, who's a doctor, plays a duty, super sucker, slam it, Jesus, kill it, freeze it, go up, get it, got it good. Hmm. I got the good part. Kick it a couple times and let me think about it. No, but that was the one that I thought it would have been. And then there was the later like headband, gotta get a headband yeah. and stuff. But for me, I was more thinking it was the Bust a Bucket era initially. So then when I we mentioned you mentioned it the other day, you're like, yeah, Blazer Mania, it's it's just uh <laughs> It's actually just like highlight recap stuff. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, it's very different. I I didn't ever I didn't ever really know Bust a Bucket very well. I'm I'm certainly aware of it now, but um I I do remember going to the last game of the season in 99-2000 with my grandpa Mo Meyer. He bought me a I had like a Trailblazers shooting shirt from that year, the big like white tearaway. And he bought me a foam finger and he bought me the CD of Gotta Get a Headband. And I I listened to that CD until it broke, man. I it was it was Gotta Get a Headband and 
believe me it ain't easy with a couple of like remixes and instrumental versions <laughs> yeah and it was it was who was it, it was um bonzi damon and brian grant on the cover <laughs> doing the rapping <laughs> along with nelson <laughs> dude it was uh i love it i don't know why they're not not doing that more yeah, Dame takes himself too seriously. He's performing yeah, he's at All Star Weekend. His, he's doing his own thing. It's like, no, get the whole team together, Dame. Write a rap for the whole team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear stuff like Jermaine O'Neal to Gary Grant as Bonzi takes it to the rack. I want to hear all that. All it's so time. funny how they would just not ever do that now. Like they totally. Would like we're gonna put out a like pop. Hip hop R and B track as a basketball team together. <laughs> like, that's just not gonna happen. Are there? I love that though. Are, are there like weird, funny lyrics from from Bust a Bucket beyond just the like great, the great, super exciting, uh, hyperkinetic chorus there? I don't know. I'm sure there are. That's that's would have been something fun to listen to. Because I re- I like I'm remember. Like... I I still have memorized most of the lyrics from Can I Get a Headband. Um, and believe me, it ain't easy. Uh, well, actually, more from believe me, it ain't easy. It was way more of a ballad. It was way more of a story song. Just stuff like, uh, oh yeah. So they're going in the background. They're saying, believe me, it ain't easy. That's what the players are doing. So she goes, Rashid Wallace gets that slam, and they go, believe me, it ain't easy. And then she says, <laughs> now he's selling hot dogs in the stands, and they go, believe me, they ain't greasy. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> It's so dumb. Oh my god. Yeah. I want that back. I want those I want those days back. Take me back, uh, Joe Biden, to a time where play where the Blazers made their own silly theme songs. Crazies keep coming up to me every time I hear them sing. Dude, there was, I think it was with the Bust the Bucket one. I'm pretty sure it was on that album. Was the Rip City Rhapsody? Did you hear that one? Yep, yep. Rip City Rhapsody. (laughs) That one I also just loved. And there's like, they put like music videos out for these too. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. It's so funny when you go back and you listen to them. It's just them all shouting at the same time. <laughs> like like they don't even really try to sing. It's just like shouting. It's really charming. But then they do have little like rap moments. Yeah, little rap and moments. The rap moments are really, that's when they really get personal. Sure. That's yeah. where they start to drop the little like <laughs> the nicknames and the Clyde was gliding, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. things are happening now. Terry the Porter Porter. Yeah. But the choruses are, are super funny and aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Really, ugh, man. It's too bad. All we have on this is um, Equitable Savings. We have Equitable Savings as People Song, which is the song that they play at the very beginning, but it's just the like. It's just the instrumental version. And I think were we of this age, we might have heard that come on and been like, wait, is this an equitable savings commercial? Like it really yeah. is their little yeah. bump. And it just totally went over my head. But I no, love I the way that it that. ends. 
<laughs> I I love the end of it. The people, people, <laughs> equitable savings is people investing in people or whatever. Oh that, man, that's what I thought was going on there. I couldn't, I didn't connect it, but I was like, what is this saying? Is this yeah. like an insurance thing? What am I hearing? It was <laughs> totally. confusing. So the album is sponsored by Equitable Savings. There's a picture on the front. Um, actually, I'm going to hold it up for you. The picture on the front that has um, like seven seconds left. Blazers up to the shot goes up. It's it's George McGinnis taking a shot and looks definitely like there's a lot of contact there. Um, and on the Jumbotron, the ad for Equitable Savings is there really clear. Yeah. I, I think that might be added in. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I think that might be fake. There's also a thing on the back here that says portions of this album have been reconstructed. What do you think that means? I like the sound of that. Like, did they not actually win the championship? Portions of this album have been reconstructed. Hmm. Yeah, like maybe maybe uh maybe Bill Shawnley interviewed Jack Ramsey twice or something. <laughs> they got yeah, a clean take. They took some cuts from I like I appreciate that, you know, they want you to know. Sure. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like a live album that has overdubbing in it. Um I just can't maybe the woman shouting yeah wasn't actually at the parade. Yeah, they they added that they're like there's not enough enthusiasm. <laughs> That's Bill Shonley's niece. <laughs> yeah, we really needed to we remembered there being someone shouting yeah, but we couldn't get it on tape, so. People 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 Yeah, I don't know. There's all kinds of neat little things on here. There's all these really hilarious pictures. The picture of Bill Shonley here is really cute. Um, there's in the team picture, they have Dr. Larry Mudrick, the team dentist, George Rickles, the business manager. They've got old Wallace Scales, the director of promotions. There's all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of it's a it's a veritable who's who. <laughs> <laughs> as in i'm like who's who you know that's it's i'm trying to think i think the the rip city nickname is yeah. pretty impressive it's a pretty impressive one when you consider the nicknames of nba teams sure the, where the yeah. name comes from a lot of the yeah names come it's from the city. far superior to cream city i love cream city we've gone into that already oh i forgot i forgot we had mentioned that yeah we we went into that pretty deep i don't know if you remember no, because I, I, I that's too bad because I have right? like 20, 30 minutes of new Cream City material, but that's fine. <laughs> I just feel like the Cream City one's not something that anyone it's not that's not necessarily associated with the team. You know what I mean? That's been that's been forced, in my opinion. Yeah, it you um, certainly forced it on me. <laughs> I forced it on you, but I think it's been forced onto the league when they were like, Oh, we're doing city edition jerseys. What's yeah, this gonna yeah. be? Where Rip City was something they put on their jersey before that was the case, you know, and Rip City's yeah. obviously been a part of the the team in the organization since this since the seventies. But it's funny how it just comes from Bill Shanley and how that becomes that's become such a legendary part of this organization. You know, they love talking about it. they talk about it every year as much as they can. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. How do we mention this again? <laughs> just for the new fan, how do we remind them of what this means? 
So I think, Ty, that is, I mean, that is a beautiful, a perfect way, I think, to sort of wrap up our general album content and move it, if you can call it an album, (laughs) and move into the segment that we always end with here on, Ty, of course, your fifth episode here of 69 Vinyl Records, the $150 podcast. Uh, Shall we play a game? Shall we play a game? Yeah. All right, Ty. Um, what I have here is a a face. This is a this is a head on a stick of Bill Shonley, which uh, commemorates his two thousandth game broadcast in nineteen ninety two. on On January twenty fourth, nineteen ninety two, he broadcast his two thousandth game as the voice of the Trailblazers. It's got a little list here on the back of his broadcasting partners through his career. Um, everybody from Daryl Imhoff to Dave Twardzik to Mike Rice. And it also has a list of Bill Shonleyisms. Bill Shonleyisms, of which Rip City is maybe the most important one. Um, but so I have a game today to play with you. It's called Shonleyisms. So the way we're going to play this game, Ty, is I I'm going to read you a Sean Leeism, and I want you to do your best using your vast encyclopedic knowledge of Trailblazers lore and history and uh, and sort of fan fiction and let us know if you can decipher what these phrases mean. You ready? Yeah, let's try it out. All right. Um, we've got Lickety Brindle. Can I hear that using a sentence, please? Here comes Larry Steele, Lickety Brindle up the court. L- I C K I T Y B R I N D L E Larry Steele Lickety Brindle Lickety Brindle Yeah do you know what it means uh, It means to be swift and stealth Right through the middle, <laughs> lickety brindle. You've got it. Here it says, hurrying ball down court. <laughs> yep. Swift and stealth. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about this one? How about um, bingo, bango, bongo? Bingo, bango, bongo, baby. They've done it, and that's going to wrap it up for tonight. The Blazers win. Bingo, bango, bongo is a exemplar. That's just like an exclamation point on the moment, in my opinion. The bingo, bango, bongo. It certainly has come to mean that now. According to this, in 1992, uh, on January 24th, 1992, just before my fourth birthday, it apparently meant pass, pass, layup. Bingo, bango, bongo. All right. Pass, yep. pass, finish. Gotcha. Bingo, bango, bongo. Pass, pass, layup. <laughs> All right, have you ever heard of uh of this famous Sean Leeism? A Boston bounce. A Boston bounce. A Boston bounce is one that is works in your favor. That you kinda 
Yeah, you got a Boston bounce on that one. Boston like, got a like lot a of things going Like a kind bounce, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like a kind bounce. Yeah, it's, this, yeah, exactly. This says bounce around the rim. Uh, yeah, it takes a Boston bouncing in is how he would use it. Uh, it took a Boston bouncing in. Yeah. And that's two on the board. I, I'll, I accept yeah. it. I accept it. Uh, so that's like a favorable bounce in, in your favor, but but more than one. It, 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 sure, maybe it took yeah. a strange carom of some kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Boston did a lot of winning, and everybody knows winning in Boston means you're cheating. That's oof, goddamn right, goddamn right. Uh, let's see, how about this this classic Sean Leeism? You've got to make your free throws. That's him, just really. Just sticking to the fundamentals. No, yeah. you've got to make your free throws. Yeah. That's him disappointed at the end of a game. And also him. <laughs> that's probably him disappointed at the end of a game when they've lost yeah. by two. Uh, but it could also be him further, you know, just really driving it home when they do get that last foul in the minute. When the other sure. team's trying to foul them and get the ball. And they sure. hit their free throws. And they go up by four rather than just by two. And he says, you've got to make your free throws. So for him, it's just about the importance of making free throws. Yeah, I think that's right. It, on the back here, it says, this one is self-explanatory. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> All right, I have two more for you. Um, Cyclops. Uh, Cyclops is a player who's not using his vision they're not passing so <laughs> a cyclops is somebody who's just kind a of a ball like, hog you know, yeah a ball hog yeah uh apparently that is what you call the center jump circle the cyclops okay <laughs> yeah yeah uh-huh uh mm-hmm. and the last one i have for you here tattoo uh tattoo is when you play such good defense that you're just all over the guy you might as well just get tattooed onto him Ooh. or it's when you take a charge I like both of those. This this says that it's a deliberate hard dribble. So I guess he's <laughs> tattooing the court with the ball. They've they've gotten rid of that part of the game, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. Not, a tattoo is a that sounds like a Teen Wolf dribble when you're dribbling down to half court. He tattoos his way to half court. <laughs> yeah doing that like basically doing a warrior two pose to dribble the ball (laughs) tattoos his way to half court he's got a statement to make and he's letting you know it (laughs) that is a pretty good term i'll give it to him he knows how to use it i i have a bonus one different way i have a bonus one for you if you're all right with it i told you that tattoo is going to be the last one but that one's so that one's so silly uh how about this one this is your last one here, Ty. Climbs the golden ladder. Climbs the golden ladder just sounds like he's made his way up and over in the defense to uh, to get the the ball in the bucket. But I'm not sure if there's more to it. There's got to be. You you had it you had it almost perfectly. You had you had him going up over the other team to get the ball. I mean that's really where you should have ended. It's going high for the rebound, climbing the golden oh, okay. ladder and Climbs pulling the down the boards. Gotcha. Yeah, pulling down the boards, climbing the golden ladder. Ugh. Well, those are fun. <laughs> those classic Sean Leeisms. I also thought, you know, outside of that, I could ask you. Um, there are two. There are two numbers. <laughs> I just want to play games with you, Ty. I want to play Blazy games with you. There are. Uh, there are two numbers in Trailblazers lore that have been worn by sixteen players. That those being the most worn jersey numbers, um, the number eleven and the number twenty-one. 
How many number 11s can you name and how many 21s can you name? God, that is a really tricky one. Because um, you have 11. 32 people to choose from. That's so many, and I can't name that many of them. You, um, yeah. <laughs> number 11, like the first one that comes to mind is Arvidas Bonus 7. Classic, yep. And then um, I'm trying to think, number 11, I feel like you said number 21? Yeah, 21, which was a surprise to me. 21 is hard for me. It's so weird. I know I, I definitely should be familiar with some of them. I want to think that Darius Miles was, but he may have been 23, actually. Uh, D. Miles was not. I also thought him, but you're right. He was 23. 23. Yeah. Um, number 11. Who's in number 11? Was uh, Myers Leonard 11? Yep, Myers was an 11. Um, this is frustrating because I I know I should know more of these. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, when I tell you who they are, <laughs> it's just amazing because there are so many of them, but they're not um they're not all like indelible players. It's to be honest, there's not a lot of twenty ones or elevens in the league that have stood out to me. Yeah, there's only a couple I can think of. Yeah, Kevin Garnett, whole, right? Yeah, Kevin Garnett, Dominique Wilkins. For twenty one, number eleven's pretty sparse. Yeah. Shoot, I don't know. I feel like I'm running dry here, but I feel like I don't know. I, I would like to think I'd know more, but. Well, let me tell you some elevens you might have you might have recognized. I mean, you got the 11, two that on. I. What was what was what was Sergio Rodriguez? Hey, good pull, good job, nice. Okay. Yeah. He was eleven. Yep. Um. Okay, so I got the three elevens, and. Yeah, you got three eleven. That sounds like a victory to me, 311. <laughs> Whoa. What's that? Uh, just just Amber. Oh, uh, yeah. I, sorry, this isn't a music podcast anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Too late for that. We learned that a long time ago. Uh, so your boy Luke Babbitt was an 11. Oh, Babbitt was an 11. You uh, should have known that. Jamal Crawford me. wore 11. Also, that's something I probably could have guessed if you would have reminded me of Jamal Crawford. Sure. <laughs> well, I I mean I I I did. <clears throat> I just did. Uh Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of these other than okay, Vladimir Stepanya was one of my all-time favorites from that same Slavko season. Um Vladimir uh-huh. Stepanya got a lot of playtime and was a great high post screener and that was about it. Um yes. or I don't even and by great I just mean uh prolific i don't mean good at <laughs> i yeah. just mean basically that was Number that one was purpose. vladimir's yeah <laughs> so shaler hallamon charlie yelverton i i swear i'm not making these up mark sibley willie smith abdul jelani mike gale ron rowan clinton wheeler delaney rudd and uh Nagele knight man it would have been Really cool if I just looked all those up and casually played that off and like kind of yeah. stretch stretch that into like a three minute thing and I'm like, what about shit? Didn't Dudley write and like <laughs> like wait, what do you do? Wait, hold on. Wasn't Abdul Jelani these? one? <laughs> Abdul Jelani, I know, was one. Um, yeah, I didn't know any of those names to be honest. Yeah, like, Clinton Wheel. No, but Charlie Yelverton and Shaler Hallamon, those. <laughs> Those are just friends you went to school with. I don't that know could why be anything. 
That could Why be anything. You, you keep this mentioning could be those. Tolkien those are characters. Those are just classmates of yours. <laughs> That's just kids you grew up with. You know how you always say the yeah. first and last name? Totally, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I played T-ball with Charlie Yelverton. Yelverton's a hell of a third baseman. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Fucking Yelverton, man. I did actually play, I did play t-ball with a kid named Zebulon. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got to say to that one. That's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool, but yeah, Zeb. I hope he's all right. (laughs) I, you know, Zeb, if you're out there, if you're listening, uh, (laughs) let's connect, man. I can't believe you listened this far and not reached out, but please do. I hope he's doing good. Your other 21s are even less known. Uh, I don't even know if that's true. Carl Bailey, Brian Martin, Walter Berry, Danny Young, uh, Jaron Jackson, Rumiel Robinson, Alvin Williams. And then you get some folks that you might recognize. Eric Barkley, Reuben Patterson, the Kobe stopper, Reuben Patterson. Yeah, of course. Uh, Jamal McGlore. Uh-huh. Marcus... Marcus Camby wore 21 his when he got traded here and then switched to 23 <laughs> for the rest of his Camby, time. I knew Camby wore 21. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, he got it from he got it from he got 23 from Martell it looks like. Uh Fabricio Oberto who did he even mm-hmm. suit up for us? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I just maybe not, but I remember Mike Barrett <laughs> saying that name. <laughs> Well, <laughs> or Mike Rice like slurring his way through. Uh, yeah, he might not have suited up. I, I recognize the name though. But he, it's familiar. sort of like giving a jersey number to Festus Azili, I think. Um, JJ Hickson, Noah Vonley, and then most recently, of course, Hassan Whiteside wore twenty one. Okay, I gotta say that Noah Vonley. I apologize if you're listening. I should have known you were twenty one. That's my bad. Yeah. No, I take that. I'll take that. That's me, dude. That's all on me. It's my fault. Uh, Whiteside, to be honest, because I my intake of the Blazers is so different now. Yeah. Um, it's it's you know it's reading updates and it's watching maybe highlight clips. It's just things like that have not set into me the same as when you sit down and watch a game. Oh, totally. Yeah. So the numbers to me are way harder now. You say if you had just asked me straight up, hey, what's the song Whiteside's number? I was like, well, it's in the twenties. To be fair, twenty. I probably I would have known it's not twenty two. And I would have maybe thought <laughs> yeah. it's 23, 21, 25, 7. Like, I'm just, it yeah. just doesn't add up to me anymore. No, I, and even, even had you been here for this season, I think you might have found yourself similarly, like, not sure, like, oh, what number does Gary Trent Jr. wear? I mean, two. And what, what number does Anthony Simons? Well, that's number one. Uh, what, uh, so I don't know. Um, no, it's still tricky. No, but even those right there that you were saying, I was like, Simon's, I had to think about it. You said one. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, like, yeah, not, it doesn't just strike me immediately. All I, all I mean to say is, like, I, I was here, and it was such a shitty, shitty year that I didn't watch a whole lot either. Like, I did Carmelo wear seven for us? I don't think so he's because double zero. no, he's double zero because Brandon Roy's number seven, and nobody's going to wear that again. Yeah, we'll see. He didn't make championship status. We'll he didn't make championship. Portland. I think it's going to be a shadow. I think it's going to be a shadow jersey retirement, honestly. I think he would, as a Portland fan, being what we have what we consider important, <laughs> Yeah, he would deserve it in Portland. People would be proud of it. Yep. They'd accept yep. it. So I yeah. think in Portland, he'd get it. In Boston, he wouldn't, right? 
Right. Yeah. But man, so, ugh, that guy. He's incredible. There's all kinds of there's all kinds of Blazies that I would love to have their numbers retired, but then we really would run out. If every Blazie that I loved had their number retired, we'd run out what's of numbers. Your, what's your what would be your wish if they were like, Hey Ryan, you know what? We want to do something for the fans and for the team and the season ended short and we're just not sure to handle things. We decided we're gonna retire a number and we're gonna let it be up to you. You pick Just one? Just one. You get to pick the player, the number, the jersey, you get to pick it doesn't have to be anything that really makes sense. It's fully up to you. What's your choice? They'll do more later, but what's yeah. the one that you don't well, think would most likely so, happen? So the team, the team that meant the most to me, I think before this like current iteration was was the ninety nine two thousand group that was cheated out of the finals. <clears throat> Sorry that that somehow blew a fifteen point lead in a game where Arvita Sabonis had two fouls in the first thirty seconds and. Um, just all kinds of all kinds of horseshit tomfoolery going on in David Stern's NBA uh, in those times. I would want to pick somebody from that team. Sabonis was my favorite player. I had a Sabonis jersey, um, and he had been with the team for a while, and I remember being excited about him ahead of time. Um, I think Sheed uh, should have probably just been added in with that number 30. Damon was with us for so long from that time, uh, but he really, I think, deserves it more in Toronto. Brian Grant, I think, is like your safest bet out of there. He was like he was the heart and soul of that team, um, really the glue. But if you gave, you know, had had the ball bounced a couple different ways late in that game, we would have retired 44, 33, 30, 11, 3. <laughs> yeah. We would have we would have retired uh 12 for shrimp <laughs> yeah i think so that's true those would be way more i mean it would have changed things yeah yeah I'm the, did, did, did sabonis play for any other nba team that i'm thinking no about? no he never did that right he didn't no. even go join atlanta first no he retired and then he came back to us yeah that how weird would that have been whenever those moments happen it always kind of trips me out yeah, you forget about him really easily, but it's like if you had just been like, "No, he played for Sacramento for a year." I'd be like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he did actually when he retired from the NBA for the first time. I think he did go do some like coat player coaching abroad. Um, like maybe he yeah. went back to Spain for a while. Um, I say back to Spain. I I don't know if that's the right <laughs> if that's the right adjective, but he went to Spain. <laughs> I don't know really special guy it would probably be brian grant it might be sabonis i think both of those guys just meant meant a lot like brian grant was the one who was down there throwing elbows with carl malone and and uh like getting the stitches and the the eyebrow band-aid and and all that shit pip was awesome for us that season oh my gosh he was so I good think, i think sabonis actually my i remember my dad's take on sabonis initially me thinking he was awesome and my dad being kind of like thinking uh, well he could have been it would have been better if he had joined us earlier sure we could sure totally so i remember some fans that understood the game better as adults they were like well yeah but we could have used this guy before and he wasn't here yep um, yep and we had a good team and he would have been at his prime in that in yeah that he basically had the the surgical he had like the medical history of demarcus cousins now like coming into the league at age yeah. 30 and he won rookie of the year <laughs> Yeah, it would have been pretty rad to get him when they first drafted him. Have Wait, did he win Rookie of the Year? I say that, but now I'm like not entirely sure. I feel like he did. I think he's the oldest one to ever do it. But that's pretty rad. I don't know. 
Hold on a second. Hold on a second. This would have been a really good moment for you to try to do a speak to search. Do you use any of those of those services on cell phones where the thing the computer talks to you? No, no, yeah. I always find those to be entertaining when somebody just <laughs> you like a subtle like a small question like that, like just kind of a nonsensical question, and somebody's like, "Hey, uh, Siri, did our Venus of Sabotage point working again?" Yeah, I think that that kind of. I think that kind of conversation with your phone is really entertaining. To yeah. Me. And then yeah. it's like, because then she's like, here's yeah. what I found. And, yeah. And it's like, here's what I found in 1989. This, re- yeah. And you're like, what am I? It's just, yeah, that stuff is funny. So I was wrong. He was, he was all rookie first team. He was runner up in rookie of the year. He was also runner up in sixth man of the year that season. His rookie that, season. That That's makes awesome. sense to me, though. It would make sense to me that you could have a really good rookie who's not f- quite a starter who could be a sixth man that you would also consider good enough to be, you know, potentially rookie of the year as well. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah, we got a great rookie off the bench. He's produced for us. Yeah. He's also, yeah. yeah. Super awesome. Great stuff. Great I love, stuff. I love this music podcast that's turned into sports yeah talk. <laughs> yeah yeah just just sort of free associating about the blazers ty before you go before you go here because i know you're itching to get off the phone here um i need to i need to for the sake of the listeners probe a little bit into your life as the inaugural president of the pacific university trailblazers fan club mm, you're right We've talked about this and we have not really, we've mentioned it and we have not explained it. It's the um, only time that it makes sense to talk about it. This makes sense to talk about it. And this was a big part of our friendship. Let's be honest. This was a, this made a difference. Yeah. Um, the facts, uh, here's what we got. What it, what it was, if, if I could tell it real quick. So my brother and I were at school there and we did not have cable television. We had to pay for cable television and that meant um, that without cable television, we could not watch the Blazer games. And every That's one right. of them was on if you had the right program. And the university had had rooms that you could rent out. One of them had a large screen TV. It was more of a common area, but you could rent it out and you could reserve it um, as long yeah. as you kind of the had pulse. a club. The Pulse. That was it. As long as you had a club or like a bit of an activity scheduled for it. So you had to have so, a club and you had to have an activity. That's right. You so couldn't we just were, go play GameCube. You couldn't just show up and just take It's kind of like, oh, no, we need something that's not just for me. Not just, like other. We know other people will get to be involved and be interested in this. So yeah. we, um, we created the Portland Trailblazers fan club for the university. And we, we would have a nice small little gathering. And there'd be different people that would trickle in and out. But... What it did was it guaranteed us a spot in front of that big screen TV whenever we really needed it. And I remember some classes when they would <laughs> when they would play they play early games in the East Coast and they'd be like, "Oh, there's a four o'clock game. I gotta skip this class to go watch this game. I gotta <laughs> yeah. see how they how they what happens in Atlanta." Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're the president yeah. of the club. You have a responsibility. I had, to, I had to be there to open the doors and make sure people were there. Make sure That's there was right. a, you know. Yep. And potentially some drinks and some snacks and some napkins if necessary. And what? <laughs> yeah, every once in a while I would bring napkins in because you never know. Sure, it's, you You'd we would get pop over to the bistro real quick. Sometimes remember we'd sometimes we'd like throw a hat off or we. Oh yeah, napkin. there was a lot of hat throwing. Yeah, you toss a hat at the ground because you need to every once in a while. Kind of blow up, let it off, let off some steam, and go bah. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. I was I was a fan of that. My brother was the. Uh, 
the unofficial treasurer. Yep. I believe um, you, you were the vice. I was the vice. Yeah, it was the three of us pretty consistently, and then Bonnie came along quite a bit, and then those other two, um, Molly and... Uh, there was a guy, Mark. Mark would show up. Mark, sure. Mark would show up. <laughs> yeah, Mark would show up every once in a while. He was what was Molly's Roy. friend's name? It was, it was Molly was from Colorado, and then she had that blonde friend, too. I can't remember what their names were. Do you know who I'm talking about? Molly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'm like i can't i'm like no you don't even remember mark mark was a big b-roy fan i remember i saw mark at the stadium once gotcha yeah i barely um, remember joey i saw a picture of his ass and i didn't yeah, even know who he was oh, joey yeah joey right next to your ass too yeah you didn't remember it joey prigioni yeah that makes sense really that that you'd see a picture of your bare ass next to somebody else's and not remember it. It seems like something <laughs> potentially you wouldn't remember. Um, who took those pictures, by the way? It may have been Bonnie, actually. Really? Oh, I that's think so. That's horrifying. <laughs> or, or, or it may have been because um, there was another photo that had another another person in it. I think Chris. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember any of people's <laughs> names. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Man. It was Crystal. We'll call him. Oh, good old Crystal. <laughs> Who could forget? I don't know anyone's name. <laughs> Peugeot. Peugeot. The Peugeot was. Um, <laughs> that's all that mattered at that, in that moment. <laughs> oh man. Oh man, that was great stuff. You know, the fan club it it brought some people together. We had a good time. It was a good year. It was it was fun to root them on. I wish that we had followed up on. We at one point were going to get some money from the university. They were going to give the club, I think, around oh sure, uh, yeah, a hundred to, to yeah. two hundred dollars to try to get some tickets or maybe even some raffle prizes. We had talked about doing a raffle and maybe giving away a jersey or a ticket to the game or something. And it just never. Never came together. Well, but maybe uh, it was hard for people to get to town. Some some people they didn't have. Transportation. It was yeah. It's kind of a kind of a haul there, especially public transit. You got to take the fifty seven from the end of the line all the way to Hillsboro or to Beaverton. Then you hop on the max. You have to go through the tunnel all the way through downtown. This is before, of course, they closed a couple of these stops to speed up your. So you got to go all the way through downtown. There's like twenty stops, and then you go across the river, and then you're at the stadium. It's like two hours of passing public <laughs> transit. Dude, it was a trip. Yeah, it was a trip. <laughs> I remember taking that trip one time, and these guys sat behind me, and they recognized one another. It was two guys, um, I would say probably like late 20s, early 30s, all three white males, all like buzz cuts, and one of them comes walking by and recognizes a, one of the dudes, and they sit, they sit down together across from each other, and I'm sitting opposite of them, and they have this conversation about prison. Whoa. And how much they were like, how they got to know each other from prison, and how one of them was heard that the other guy had to go back to another facility, another <laughs> another prison camp, or not camp, but prison facility. <laughs> yeah, um, I can't remember the name of what it was. Some different penitentiary. They kept calling them by different um, nicknames. Mm-hmm. Sure. And they were the slammer, how the much clink. They missed, yeah, how much they missed them and how much better they made things for them and how their operation uh. got. And I remember being this kid, like taking the train into town, and I was like, man, this is nuts. These guys are just talking about how much better things are in prison and how much better the life's become since prison. 
Damn. how they're looking forward to going back. You know, it's like, Dude. what is This is wild. Wow, cool. All right. Sketchy stuff. <laughs> yeah. These guys are saying prison's good. This yeah. This is like benefiting them. Uh, yeah. I was, that, one, that one shook me. Yeah. Turned everything you knew on its head. As has, I think, this program. It's turned everything the listeners have known on on their respective heads because we didn't talk about any music at all except for, of course, the commercial for equitable savings as people investing in people. Um, but we have talked about a record, this standalone record. And Ty, I am only dismissing you so abruptly because I have a hard out here. I have a I have a senior I have senior speak off to attend uh my my erstwhile students who are graduating here in the year 2020 get to compete against each other for the right to speak at graduation over a web conference and so i'm going to go participate in that so that sounds fun it's kind of like a lip sync for your life kind of situation oh speaking of lip sync we (laughs) we just got up to so much good stuff in, in college good old times but you know, there's just no time for it, unfortunately. No, not here or there. Not here, not not far. Although I will say, Ty, I went to our uh, I went to our ten year reunion this last year in October and had a had a pretty fun time. It's pretty nice to see everybody. I was there like a thing, uh, like an invite for that. I didn't hear about it. Yeah. So every year <laughs> you're full of shit you're so full of shit no oh i'm serious God. though no 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 i'm for real like was it an email or a letter because no. oh my god you didn't get like you didn't get like two years worth of invitations no i'm honest i don't think i did because i seriously I thought you were just bullshitting because i got so much stuff about homecoming <laughs> Oh I haven't God. received an email from there in a long time. I don't know if they have any of my well, contacts. Well, right I'll now. go ahead and I'll just make sure they get that here <laughs> yeah, at the conclusion of the episode. <laughs> I haven't heard a word. I, I don't know if I still have my old school email that I could log into. Uh, that would be shocking to me. I don't think I would think I don't so, think you but... do. Oh, Ty, what a ride it's been, these 62 episodes, of which you have been on five. To me, it feels like I've been on every episode. Well, I'm... Is that? Are you saying that in a good way or a bad way? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying that in a way because these are the only ones I've been a part of. So oh, I like, see. Oh, I've been on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say, so when you say that there's been 62, I realize how many more of these you have done. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, He's done a lot more than I have. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've done 12 for everyone that you have. Uh, that's for sure. Um, and I'm almost done. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap recording up uh, within a week from now. It's, you're it's actually wrap? really. We're you're gonna, gonna wrap, wrap it up. I am. You're gonna you're gonna do like a wrap about the finishing. <laughs> yeah, Please. I'm gonna do my famous Randy uh, Randy Newman impression uh, and do a wrap. Can't wait! I'm really excited to hear that. Yeah. Man. Well, it's uh. I mean, you're you're one of those you're one of those rule six listeners I know waiting for uh, waiting for all sixty nine episodes of 69 vinyl records hoping to crack the code get your cut of the uh the rebate here the after the aftermarket retail price of this program you're trying to get the rebate of the leftovers i get it ty i get it you're trying to get there Uh, Um, and i i will say the uh the randy newman rap is a big part of solving the puzzle the randy newman rap is going to be a sweet (laughs) little piece to find at the end yeah it's like the the cracker jack you know what (laughs) Yeah, caramel corn's great, but you know what? A little prize doesn't hurt. 
that'll have to wait for another episode. Ty, thank you for being um, a a hugely influential part of this show, a major friend of the podcast, um, a recurring guest. Thanks for dedicating so much of your time um, across. You know, we've done a bit of time travel within these episodes, and you've helped me achieve time travel across these episodes. So thank you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Happy to be a part of it. <laughs> Happy to just be able to kind of jump through time experience it and be able to say it's something I've done and it's on record and you can never take that away from me. Yeah. Well, I am, I will be pressing a best of to vinyl at the end of this too. So you will have a record of this at some point. Rock on. Um, yeah. This is great. It's going to be awesome. Uh, listeners, thank you for being with us for another edition. You've made it through 62. You've got seven left. I have seven left. We are racing toward the finish. This is the end of May and we're going to wrap up our time together right there in the middle of that beautiful month we call July. Until we speak again, friends, uh, do please take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Bye. Bingo, bingo, bongo. just for you. Ain't been since 92. How they make that There's just one thing.